Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Amber. And I'm Nichelle. And this is Let's Talk Murder. In today's episode, we'll be discussing a family of four. A U.S. Army Colonel, Parker Seniger, and his wife, Julie, along with their two children, 16-year-old Calix and 13-year-old Bo. Before we get into the case, let's go ahead and give you guys a little background on the family. So Julie was born on January 13, 1961 in Muscatine, Iowa. Now it was a farming town and had about 20,000 residents when Julie was born. And Julie grew up with an older brother, David, who was two years older than her, and a younger sister, Carol, who was two years younger than her. The, their father was an electrical engineer and also a farmer, and their mother was a stay-at-home mom with the children when they were younger, but once they grew up, she started to sell real estate. Now, Julie was very involved in a lot of athletics and was also said to be a great student. She was on the basketball team and also ran track during high school. And when she graduated high school in 1978, she was enrolled into the University of Northern Iowa. Julie majored in physical education. She also continued her athletics in college and joined the volleyball team. Now, during her college years, she was described as an outgoing and fun person, and everybody just loved to be around her. When she graduated in 1982 with her bachelor's degree in physical education and coaching, she decided to join the Army. Once she enlisted, she was sent to California and this move seemed to be a perfect move for her since she was very athletic and loved to be outdoors. And California is just a beautiful state to be in. But she was assigned to the Defense Language Institute Foreign Language Center. Being here, she stayed pretty busy studying and working. She had to learn the language and culture of Russia in order to master the language and only had about 10 weeks to learn it. While she was there, she was pretty isolated from everyone who spoke English, and she was surrounded by those who spoke Russian, which to me makes sense, and I think that being thrown into something like that would be very beneficial, and I think you'd pick up on the language a lot faster. But after her training, she became a Russian linguist and was assigned into the military intelligence in Munich, Germany. And she seemed to be pretty happy while stationed in Germany, and she started coaching the men's volleyball team, and this is actually how she met her husband, Parker. Now, Parker grew up a little different than her. He was born in 1962, and his father was an alcoholic, and which it made him and his brother, Emid, uh, their home life was very... I'm just going to say not stable due to the alcohol. And in high school, he focused a lot on his grades and was part of the track team. And he was so determined to make something of his life and just get away and not be like his father. 
So after high school, he went to Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia. And there he played on the football team. And his when he graduated, he graduated with a degree in French. So after college, he was promoted to a second lieutenant in the Army Intelligence. Due to the promotion and rank, he moved to Arizona, but shortly later, he was assigned to Munich, Germany. Now, once Parker and Julie met, they noticed that they had similarities and in interests along with similarity in life goals, and they started dating shortly after meeting and fell madly in love with each other. In 1990, they had to be separated when Parker was assigned a new assignment and had to leave Germany for a few years. During their time apart, Julie was diagnosed and put on medication by her psychiatrist for depression. Julie had actually kept the illness a secret from Parker and tried to keep it that way whenever he returned to Germany. And she actually didn't tell him that she was diagnosed with depression until after they were married in October of 1992. Now, this upset Parker, not because it would have changed anything by, like, what he was doing. And he wouldn't have changed marrying her, but he was just upset that she kept it, like, she was keeping secrets from him. And that upset him. Now, two years after they got married, Julie left the army and became a full-time mother to their beautiful daughter, Calix. And after Calix was born, they moved to Fort Levensworth, Kansas. Now, Parker continued to climb the military ranks, and the family had to move again. And this time, they moved to Hawaii. In 1997, while in Hawaii, their son, Bo, was born. After Bo was born, Julie suffered from severe postpartum depression, and being home, being a stay-at-home mom and not having a lot of people that she could see or spend time with, it just made it worse. And to make matters even more worse was Parker was assigned back to the East Coast, and after speaking to Julie, they decided that it was best for not, it was best to not move the children so quickly. So Julie stayed behind in Hawaii for another six months with the children before moving. Now Julie did get a roommate and the roommate was very hesitant to move in with Julie and the children but after meeting them she fell in love with the kids. Her roommate said that she was very organized and always seemed to keep the children busy with some sort of activity. In 1999, Julie and the children moved to Woodridge, Virginia to reunite with Parker. And I can only imagine that being away from the family for so long had to be extremely hard on Parker as well. But with Julie's depression, it just kept getting worse. After the family reunited, it wasn't long before they had to move again. This time, it was to Columbia, Maryland. Julie's depression got to be so severe that they eventually hospitalized her for a while and diagnosed her with severe depression bipolar disorder as well as schizoaffective disorder. Now, while Julie spent around nine months in the hospital, 
Parker hired a nanny to help him with the children, and his mother also came to stay with him for a time to help her son out. In 2002, Parker was yet again sent back to Germany and was assigned as lieutenant colonel. The family of four made another move together. And after a few years, they bought a house back in the States in Maryland. And in 2006, Parker had to take Julie and admit her to the Walter Reed Hospital for psychiatric treatment because she was losing control. And even with his wife's illness, Parker was promoted that August to Colonel and the family once again had to move. This time, they moved to Pennsylvania. During their time there, the children seemed to really enjoy their new friends and life. I know it has to be hard moving so much and trying to make friends and just live a normal life. And it's just the way the military works. Like, they just have to move around a lot. But this wasn't the last time that the family actually moved. They sold their house and moved to Tampa, Florida in 2007. This is where Parker, now, was Army Colonel and assigned to the U.S. Central Command. The family bought a 3,300-square-foot home in a gated community. And with Parker's frequent deployment overseas, friends said Julie became a stay-at-home mom but seemed more depressed than normal. So... Again, just moving to somewhere she doesn't know anybody. She only has the kids. It's super hard on her. But the children excelled in everything that they did in sports and academics. Julie was in the carpool mom, um, I would say group. Um, but then she became very unreliable. And Calix was described by one of her teachers as a great student that made teachers want to prepare the best lessons. He said that she was an overachiever and that in she was in 10th grade and she was accepted into the honors program. She was a talented artist and took part of speech and debate and also had a group with three other girls and formed a Harry Potter club. She was also on the cross-country team at school. Bo was described as a stellar athlete. He attended Liberty Middle School and loved to play soccer. He often was seen playing basketball, street hockey, or any other game that him and his friends could come up with in the cul-de-sac. He enjoyed playing video games, just like any other teens those days. He was just an easygoing kid, but he didn't get the straight A's that his sister got, but he did pass all his classes, so he just wasn't as academic successful as her, which is okay. They were both said to be soft-spoken and respectful, and while in Tampa, Parker had to take the role of taking the children everywhere, taking them to after-school things, um, sports, doctors, everything, because Julie had become unreliable, and nobody could really count on her. And the children felt that they had to stay away from her in order to not get in trouble. And at one point, Calix had even talked to Parker about sending her to boarding school 
and after talking to him, he decided that maybe it was a good idea. Boarding school would be an excellent way for Calix to get an education and would also allow things in between her and her mother to settle down. On November 6, 2010, police visited the Schneeniger home to investigate Calix's allegations of child abuse. During that visit, no charges were filed against Julie Schneeniger, but the police did report that Julie stated she had hit her daughter. Calix was going to see a therapist once a week and told her therapist during her appointment that her mother Julie had hit her in the face when they were headed home from cross-country practice a few days before, on November 2nd, 2010. Even though Julie stated she hit her, investigators reported that no injuries were visible on Calix when the report was filed four days after she was hit. Calix had told investigators that when Julie had hit her, she did it with an open hand. She stated that Julie had let her go into a store alone, but once she came out with her bags, Julie tried to look into it. Calix then grabbed her bag back, and that was when Julie hit her across the face. Later that month, Julie was cited for careless driving and a wreck involving injury and $26,500 in property damage. Court records show. She pled no consent, paid a $151 fine, and completed driving school. The date is January 27, 2011. Julie was taking Bo to soccer practice. During the drive, Julie pulls out a gun of her purse. Bo asked her to put the gun away, and seemed to be a bit scared. Julie then accidentally shot the window. Then she shot him in the head. Then she turns around and drives back to the family home. Once she pulled into the garage, she states that she shot him in the mouth because he had been mouthy. After she shot him, she went upstairs to Calix's room and shot her in the back of the head while she was working on homework. She then moved her to her bed and covered both children with a blanket. The next day, on January 8, 2011, police received a call from Julie Schneeniger's mother who expressed concern at not being able to reach her daughter. She stated she was worried about her and her children's well-being. When officers showed up to the house at 7.45 a.m., there was no answer to the knock on the door, so officers went around back. This is where they found Julie Schneeniker unconscious on the rear porch covered in blood. She was wearing slippers and a bloody robe. She confessed to murdering her children and asked the police investigators if they had found the children. When investigators asked Julie 
why she shot and killed her two children. She stated that they talked back and that they were mouthy. She bought the revolver just five days before the shooting and had also planned to kill herself. Parker, at the time, had been on temporary assignment in the Middle East. He was notified of the tragedy by McDill Air Force Base officials. There was a search warrant granted. The warrant provides details in the case such as five bullets and a Smith & Wesson box along with an instruction manual were found in the master bedroom. There were also 15 live rounds and five spent shell casings were in the master bathtub, as well as cigarette buds, note pages, and undisclosed medication, and paperwork found both inside and outside of the house. While investigators searched the house, they found writings thought to be from Julie in which she wrote out her intentions in detail. Police arrested Julie at the scene. She was shaking convulsively as she was led into the jail in shackles. She looked haggard and frail. A fellow colleague of Julie's stated that it doesn't even look like her, and that's not the Julie she was when she was with her kids. Her kids were everything to her. And Gray Bingham, Calix's cross-country coach at King High, said Julie was a dedicated mother, although a little forgetful at times. Later in the day, after being arrested, she was admitted to the hospital for what investigators were saying had a pre-existing medical condition. Her hospital stay was no longer than 24 hours, and she was taken to Hillsborough County Jail, where she was held without bail. On February 9th, Julie was... Indicted for first-degree murder by a grand jury. Julie entered a plea of non-guilty on February 16th with her defense team indicating they would pursue an insanity defense. Prosecutors initially said that they would seek the death penalty but later changed their minds and decided not to. During the funeral services for the two teens, which were held in Fort Worth, Texas, Parker told more than 500 mourners that his children were loved, stating, now we all must go forward and honor them with love and respect for each other. Then, in May of 2011, Parker Schneniger divorced Julie and filed a civil lawsuit for wrongful deaths. Following a dispute over distribution of the family's assets. In August 2012, lawyers on both sides said they needed a year 
to review computer files found on the computer in the Schneeniger home before trial. At a hearing later in the year in December, a trial date was finally set for October 7, 2013. But in August, the trial was delayed by the Hillsborough Circuit Judge Emmett Lamer Battles when he granted a defense motion requesting more time to review evidence and dispose expert witnesses. The trial was rescheduled for April 28, 2014. Once the trial started, it only took two hours for her jury to find her guilty of first-degree murder. She was sentenced to two concurrent life terms in prison on May 15th. During an interview with news reporters, Julie stated that she saved the kids. She told them that Bo was being sexually abused and also Calix had been raped, but when asked by who, she would not answer. She simply said that the person and God knew who they were. Thank you for listening to this horrific story, and we'll see you in the next episode.